Hello, everyone, and welcome to this edition of the Wisdom on Wheels podcast. I am Steve Johnson, and it is good to be with you as always. How many of you have a biblical worldview? How many of you could define what a biblical worldview is? Do all professing Christians have a biblical worldview? Well, let's take a look at this issue and see if we can't figure all that out. A biblical worldview, as defined by the Barna Research Group, and this isn't like super detailed theological, you know, getting deep into the to the details and learning a bunch of five dollar, you know, fifteen letter words. It's not having all. It's not agreeing on all the right doctrines from a denominational point of view. Or whatever, or having the necessarily the right view about whether or not you should dunk people in water for baptism versus sprinkling. It's not about whether you should uh, have music in church or whether you should sing a cappella. Uh, it's not about whether or not women should wear long dresses or not, or whether women should wear pants or not, or whether men should have their head covered in church or not. That's not a biblical worldview. A biblical worldview is the basics of what makes a Christian a Christian. It is the foundational things. The what I would call, call what we, I guess we call the primary doctrines of the faith. It's what separates a Christian from a non-Christian. Not it's not what separates various types of Christians, but what makes a Christian a Christian. And so the Barna Group has been doing, it's, it's, George Barna is probably the leading, uh, him and his organization have been sort of the leaders in trends within the church. In other words, you know, they poll professing Christians and they ask them, you know, with their views on different subject matters happening in the culture, in our world, and within the church, and kind of taking the temperature of the church and seeing how we, you know, where the trends of what we believe are going and, you know, and our actions and how they, they mesh, so to speak. So they have a very basic definition of a biblical worldview. I just want to take some time. For, before, before I get into this study that I wanted to read and discuss with you today. Um, for, it's a, it's a, a study done by the Cultural Research Center at Arizona Christian University. But Before I get into this study, we need to define our terms. And so this is going to heavily rely on this definition of a biblical worldview. So I want to define this for you. And I want you to ask yourself, as we get into this study, do you agree with all these statements? Again, they're, they're not very many, so, and, and they're not very complicated. They're real simple. So here we go. Here's what defines a biblical worldview. And again, ask yourself if you agree with all these statements. Number one, absolute moral truths exist. Number two, absolute truth is defined by the Bible. Number three, Jesus Christ lived a sinless life. Number four, God is the all-knowing and all-powerful creator of the universe who still rules today. Number five, salvation is a gift from God that cannot be earned. 
Number six, Satan is real. Number seven, Christians have a responsibility to share their faith in Christ with other people. Number eight, the Bible is accurate in all of its teachings. That is a biblical worldview. Those eight statements are a biblical worldview. If you want, I'm not going to repeat those, so if you want to go back and listen to those again, feel free to do so. But those simple eight statements comprise a biblical worldview. So, I've talked before about how low of a percentage of Americans overall actually have a biblical worldview. In previous years, now they don't do this study, they don't do this survey every year, but I think it's, I don't know exactly how often they do it, but I don't, I don't believe it's an annual study, but they do it quite frequently. And... It is frighteningly low how many Americans actually have a biblical worldview. And the, pre the number that I have been quoting on the percentage of Americans that have a biblical worldview is now outdated because a new study was released on March 24th, 2020, so March 24th of this year, with updated statistics on how on the percentage of Americans that have a biblical worldview. And so what I want to read and discuss with you today on the Wisdom on Wheels podcast is this uh, study that's called American Worldview Inventory 2020. Again, this was done by the Cultural Research Center at Arizona Christian University. And its subtitle is CRC, that's Cultural Research Center Survey, shows dangerously low percentage of Americans hold biblical worldview. And it begins like this. The latest national survey about the worldview of Americans shows that although 7 out of 10 consider themselves to be Christian. So let's, I'm going to pause right there. When you ask Americans if they are Christians, 7 out of 10 Americans consider themselves to be Christians. So around 70% of Americans to this day consider themselves to be Christians. All right? I want you to keep that number in mind. Because just 6% actually possess a biblical worldview. So, 70% of Americans consider themselves to be Christian. But just 6% of them actually possess a biblical worldview. 6% of Americans. But 70% claim to be Christians. Now, I'm maybe not the smartest person in the world. I know I'm not. But, gosh, that sure seems like there's a discrepancy between those two. So, let's get into this a little more. Because they, they did more than just ask this one question. They went into detail and they really got, you know, dug down into this to really bring a well-rounded view of this data that they collected. So this says, The groundbreaking inaugural American Worldview Inventory 2020 was conducted by veteran researcher George Barna, Director of Research for the Cultural Research Center at Arizona Christian University. A pioneer in the field of worldview research, Barna called it the most sophisticated nationwide survey of worldview conducted in the United States. 
Here are some other key findings from the American Worldview Inventory for 2020. Check this out. Evangelical Protestant churches. Now those are supposed to be the people that are most serious about their faith. Those are the ones that people uh, tend to refer to on the other side as, you know, the fundamentalists, the fundies, <laughs> you know, the, the, the so-called fundamentalists, you know, the ones that take their Bible too seriously, the ones that, you know, take everything so literally, and they talk like this, because most of them live in the South, and they ain't very smart, and they got an accent, and they talk like this, because they ain't very smart, and they ain't very educated, so they don't they don't understand a lot, you know. They kind of they kind of down here, and everybody else way up here, you know. All them intellectuals way up here, but all all them fundamentalists right down here talk like this. Don't know what they you know. Okay, those people, right? Only one fifth of those attending evangelical Protestant churches. Now, again, that's not to say uh, I should clarify that not all evangelical Protestants live in the South. Okay, they're they're all over the country. They're in the Midwest. They're, uh, you know, they're, you know, it's not just the South. Maybe not as many in the Northeast, you know, New England area, but there's even some there. But that was that was a generalization to make a point. Okay. But only one-fifth of those attending evangelical Protestant churches, the ones that are supposed to be most serious about their faith, ones that take it the most seriously, take the Bible the most literally and all this, only one-fifth or 21% of people attending evangelical Protestant churches have a biblical worldview. 21%. One out of five of evangelical Protestant churches have a biblical worldview. One sixth of the, uh, or that, I guess that's about 16%, of those attending charismatic or Pentecostal churches, 16% have a biblical worldview in the Pentecostal Charismatics. 16%. 16. That's 8 out of 50. 4, four out of 25 people. For every 25 people in Pentecostal Charismatic churches, 4 of them have a biblical worldview. 4 out of 25. What about the mainline Protestants? Well, that's 8 out of 100. 8%. If you break that number down, that's 2 out of 25. And among the Catholics, only 1% of the Catholics in America have a biblical worldview. 1 out of 100. One out of every 100 Catholics have a biblical worldview. Want to know why the stuff that's happening in our country is permitted to continue? The stuff that I talk about in my blog post or on my Facebook page. You know, my, where are all the Christians at? You know, why aren't they saying no? Why aren't they standing up for... For moral, for morality. Why aren't they standing up for truth? Why aren't they standing up for biblical principles? Most of them don't even agree about the most basic of biblical principles. That's why. One out of five Protestants, evangelical Protestants. One out of six Pentecostal Charismatics. Four out of 25 mainline Protestants. One out of 100 Catholics. For a total of 6 out of 100 Americans, or 3 out of 50. So for every 50 Americans, you line up, and you'll have, on average, you just get a group of 50 Americans, and about 3 of them will have a biblical worldview out of those 50. You want to know why America is sick? 
Want to know what's wrong with America? It's not COVID-19. It's not even a mask. It's not a shutdown. Those are all symptoms. Want to know what's wrong with America? It's right here. You know, I said, well, you know, that's diagnosing the problem. What are we going to do about it? I'm going to get to that at the end of this. So just stay with me here. There's a lot more to go through. The number of American adults holding a biblical worldview has declined by 50% over the past quarter century. I'm 36 years old. 25 years ago would have put me at 11 years old in the year 1995. So this is 2020. So since 1995, half of the people who once held a biblical worldview either died or fell away. That number has declined by half, 50%, since 1995. And the number couldn't, if it's declined that much since 1995, then the number couldn't have been that high to begin with. Because it's not very high now. Regarding the youngest adult generation, the numbers are even more startling. A mere 2% of those 18 to 29 years old possess a biblical worldview. So if you, I'm going to break this down again. So if you had a group of 50 Americans age 18 to 29, one out of 50 would have a biblical worldview. That's the next generation, folks. That's the, the, actually, they're the ones that are starting to, to give birth to the following generation now. You think, what are they going to pass on to their children? The fact that fewer than one out of five born again, I'm going to add a thing there. The fact that fewer than one out of five self-professed born again adults hold a biblical worldview highlights the extensive decline of core Christian principles in America, Barna said. So you ask people if they're born again, all the ones that say yes, one out of five of them hold a biblical worldview. Who say they're born again. Among the differentiating... Um, by the way, and the reason why I, I, I don't differentiate Christianity from having a biblical worldview, and you say that you know, you're born again, you know, self-professed born again, because Jesus said, unless you're born again, you will not see the kingdom of heaven. He said that in John chapter 3, verse 3, by the way. So... Among the differentiating factors between the new study and previous research, he noted, is the robust measurement of action. Is the more robust measurement of action. In the American Worldview Inventory, we measure not just beliefs, but also the application of those beliefs. Our behavior. Because people do what they believe. If you truly believe something... You integrate it into how you live. And your lifestyle reflects those beliefs. As a result, our research always balances examining both what we believe to be true and how we translate such beliefs into action, Barna explained. The disturbing results from this new research emphasize the importance of carefully measuring and intentionally developing the biblical worldview, especially among younger people. That's a key distinction there. He talked about intentionally developing the biblical worldview. What did Jesus say? He said, go make disciples of all nations. And that wasn't just an evangelism mandate. To go get people to say the sinner's prayer, have them get their fire insurance, and send them on their way. Let me pull this up in the scripture real quick. This is by I'm gonna go to BibleGateway.com. And we're gonna look at Matthew chapter 28. 
toward the end of the chapter, Jesus said, Go, you, you go therefore and teach all nations, baptizing them in the name of the Father and the Son and the Holy Spirit, teaching them to observe all things whatsoever I have commanded you. That's the discipleship mandate. It's not just an evangelism mandate. It's a discipleship mandate. We don't just give people their fire insurance, get them to say a sinner's prayer, and send them on their way to live the rest of their lives however they want. Jesus said to teach them to observe all things, all things that he commanded. And by the way, the Father, Son, and Holy Spirit are one. So all things that God commanded comprise the scriptures of the Old and New Testament. So that's why it's important to intentionally develop the biblical worldview. Especially among younger people. The Cultural Research Center, which conducts strategic cultural research through a collaborative effort of the faculty and staff at Arizona Christian University, is facilitating cultural transformation in America through worldview education. CRC is the only institute conducting this kind of nationwide worldview research and is using those studies as the foundation for creating new resources for worldview training. CRC's goal is to share its research findings with those who share a vision for Bible-driven cultural transformation. CRC is currently engaged in intentional biblical worldview training among all students at ACU. The initial report of the American Worldview Inventory 2020 follows. A new national survey about the worldview of Americans shows that 7 out of 10 Americans consider themselves to be Christian. Just 6% have a biblical worldview. The study was conducted in January by veteran research, researcher George Barna, director of research at the Cultural Research Center at Arizona Christian University. The survey was administered to a nationally representative sample of 2,000 adults. The research known as the American Worldview Inventory is the first wave of what will be an annual survey conducted by the Cultural Research Center at Arizona Christian University. So previously, like I said, this was not an annual study, but apparently Arizona Christian University is going to start making it an annual study. So that's good to know. The assessment is based on 51 worldview questions examining both beliefs and behavior. CRC is the nation's leading research organization studying worldview and cultural trends. Results from AWVI 2020 will inform worldview training at Arizona Christian University and will be used to develop resources for ministry partners and other organizations that share the vision of cultural transformation through worldview. There are numerous worldviews for people to choose from. With a biblical worldview, which refers to consistently interpreting and responding to life situations based on biblical principles and teachings, just one of those options. So, having a biblical worldview isn't just saying the affirmative or saying yes to all of those statements that I read to you at the beginning. It's also applying those to your life. As might be expected, church alignments were directly related to worldview. People associated with Christian churches that have a high view of the Bible, which means they believe that the Bible is the inspired and true word of God and is reliable guide for life, were much more likely to have a biblical worldview than people attending other types of churches. One-fifth of those attending evangelical Protestant churches, this is, these are the percentages I read to you already, uh, so let me scroll down because I've already read that part to you. Born-again Christians, a segment defined in part 
by their acceptance of scriptural exhortations regarding sin, grace, and salvation, were three times more likely than average to have a biblical worldview, 19%. However, the fact that not quite one out of five born-again adults holds a biblical worldview highlights the extensive decline of core Christian principles in America over the last several decades. Born-again adults currently constitute about one-third of the national adult population. So about one-third... Okay, so let me break this down even further. 70% of Americans claim to be born again. 7 out of 10. Okay? Oh no, excuse me, let me rephrase that. 7 out of 10 Americans claim to be Christian. 1 out of 3, or 70% of Americans claim to be born again. Or excuse me, I'm going to get this right in a minute, sorry. 70% of Americans claim to be Christian. Okay? 33% of Americans claim to be born again. 6% of Americans have a biblical worldview. And only 19% of those who claim to be born again, only 19% of that 33% have a biblical worldview. Something is very wrong here. The largest segment of people who describe themselves as Christian is notional Christians. Notional Christians are those who self-identify as Christians and who do not embrace eternal salvation through a personal confession of sin and accepting Jesus Christ a personal Savior. So, in other words, he, they're saying here that the biggest group of people in America who describe the are people who describe themselves as Christians. They self-identify as Christians, but they don't embrace what actually makes a Christian a Christian. Salvation through the personal confession of sin and accepting Jesus as a Savior. So in other words, breaking this down even more, most of the people who profess to be Christians do not, pre do not profess to having done what needs to be done to actually be one. That would be like 7 out of 10 people claiming to be, or excuse me, that would be like 70 out of 100 people claiming to be married, but only 6 out of 100 people actually only it would be like 70 out of 100 people claiming to be married, but only 6 out of 100 actually going through the process of obtaining a marriage license and going through the ceremony, putting the ring on the finger, saying I do, and all that. But yet 70 out of 100 claim to be married, but only 6 out of 100 have actually done it. Well, wouldn't you say that there's a, a big time issue there? Well, this is about our eternal marriage. Okay, you're claiming to be part of Christ's bride, the church, and yet most of the people who claim to be part of the bride aren't even don't even agree to what constitutes being part of it. The largest segment I already read that part. Okay. Um notional Christians Again, that's defined as people who self-identify as Christian. But they don't embrace eternal salvation through confession of sin and accepting Christ as Savior. So those are just notional Christians. People who call themselves Christians but really aren't. Notional Christians constitute 54% of U.S. adults who describe themselves as Christian. So over half of the people who describe themselves as Christian, over half of the people who describe themselves as Christian have not embraced eternal salvation through confession of sin and accepting Jesus as Savior. Over half. Very few notional Christians only one-tenth of one percent. Only one-tenth of one 
6%. That's one out of a thousand have a biblical worldview. Possessing a biblical worldview is more common among people with some education than among those who never attended college. 7% of people with some college education were more, had, a, had a biblical worldview. Those who never attended college, one out of one out of a hundred or one percent held a biblical worldview. People from households earning less than sixty thousand dollars are less likely than those from households earning more than that amount to have a biblical worldview. People who live in households making sixty thousand dollars or less, five percent of those had a biblical worldview. People who lived in households that made more than that, were at 8%. 7% of whites were more likely to have a biblical worldview. 7% of whites had a biblical worldview. 4% of non-whites had a biblical worldview. The less likely, uh, excuse me, the younger a person was, the less likely they were to possess a biblical worldview. 9% of Americans 50 or older have a biblical worldview. So unless you think that, man, uh, those people 18 to 29, they're really screwed up. Well, sorry, if you're 50 and over, you're not much better. 9% of Americans 50 and older have a biblical worldview. Compared to just 5%, people in their 30s and 40s, that would be my age, and a mere 2% of those 18 to 29 years old, as I said earlier. There are geographic differences of note as well. Now, this goes to my little accent thing earlier, when I was talking like this. Okay. Only 4% of adults in the northeastern and western states have a biblical worldview. Twice as many in the Midwest and South had a biblical worldview, but that was only 8%. So only 8% of people in the Midwest and South have a biblical worldview. 8%. This is the Bible Belt territory here, folks. The Midwest and South. That's, that's your reddest of red states. 8%. Eight out of a hundred in the Bible Belt have a biblical worldview. Of the five most highly populated states in the U.S., only residents of Texas, 9%, exceeded the national average. While the incidence of a biblical worldview in the other four large states was below average, 4% among residents of California and New York, and just 3% among those residing in Florida and Pennsylvania. Uh... <laughs> This is just, I don't know. Not surprisingly, political leanings were related to people's worldview. Among adults who are politically conservative, 16% have a biblical worldview. So, I first got interested in politics really earnestly probably around late 2002. I sort of started getting more interested in the year 2000 because that's when I became a believer. That's when I accepted Christ. And so, and I became a Christian after reading the Left Behind, the first Left Behind book watching and watching the movie. And I prayed the prayer to receive Christ that night after finishing the first book 
um, by watching, I prayed the prayer of salvation with Hal Lindsey, who had a show on TBN at the time called the International Intelligence Briefing. It later came to be known as the Hal Lindsey Report. Okay. So that's when I, and so I started getting a little more interested in news and politics then, mainly because I see world events as kind of like the time clock showing us how close we are to the time of the end because Jesus gave, Jesus specifically in the Bible as a whole gives a whole lot of detail of what the world is going to be like in the days leading up to his return. So that is the primary drive for me behind why I'm interested in news, current events, cultural, the culture war, politics, and all that to begin with. That's the driving force behind that for me. So that's when I became interested in those things. And I bring that up to say is I, I fell into the trap of thinking that because political conservatism matches up more closely with a biblical worldview than liberalism or progressivism or or especially socialism communism but you know american conservatism uh, um, conservatism matches up closer to a biblical worldview and what the bible teaches than does any other mainstream political philosophy okay so I fell into the trap of thinking that, at first, that because the Republican Party had most of the evangelical support, and if you read their platform, a lot of their platform agrees with the scriptures, I... just kind of, you know, I just assumed that most Republicans were Christians, or at least most conservatives. But American adults who are politically conservative, I found out the hard way that 16% of them have a biblical worldview, one out of six. So one out of six conservatives have a biblical worldview. So the next time you throw an all in with other conservatives, yeah, this is right on, you know, this is, we're all on the same team here. Well, you might be on some things, but on the most important things, you aren't. Now, admittedly, American conservatives far exceeded the proportion among political moderates and liberals to have a biblical worldview. Just 3% of self-professed moderates have a biblical worldview, and just 1% of self-professed liberals have a biblical worldview. Another hybrid segment is SAGE-CONS. SAGE is an acronym for Spiritually Active Governance Engaged Conservative Christians. SAGE-CONS. Spiritually Active Governance Engaged Conservative Christians. So these are people who are spiritually active, they're active in their church, they're active, you know, all that. And they are engaged in, they're, they're conservative Christians who are spiritually active and who are politically engaged. So they're, they're spiritually active. Hold on one second, I gotta plug my computer in. So they're active in their church and they're politically active as well, okay? And they're conservatives, right? So among those folks, well, you would expect to have a much higher percentage. Um, well, first of all, those, the people that go by, by that acronym, the sage cons, the people who, if you look at their worldview, it lines up with that. Meaning, they're, again, they're conservative Christians who are spiritually active and they're engaged in politics in some form. They're, in, they're engaged with government. 
that makes up about 9% of our population. So almost 1 out of 10 Americans are conservative Christians who are spiritually active and who are um, politically engaged. This is a group that is active in both politics and faith. They are credited with playing a pivotal role in putting Donald Trump in the White House in 2016. Right? Those are the, the people who really put Donald Trump over the hump and got him the political upset of all time in defeating Hillary Clinton, right? Defied all the polls and all that. It's the sage cons. It's the conservative Christians who are politically active and spirit, politically engaged and spiritually active. Those are the ones that put Donald Trump over the hump and put him in the White House, right? In 2016. This survey revealed that half of that group have a, has a biblical worldview, about half. It's actually 44%. So only 50, so only 44% of the Christian of the self-professed Christians on the Trump train have a biblical worldview. Some demographic qualities such as gender, presence of young children in the home, and military experience showed no relationship to whether or not a person has a biblical worldview. Although people's worldview is perhaps the most critical factor in influencing character, values, and lifestyle, worldview assessment is not a widespread research focus. George Barna, who is a professor at ACU, Arizona Christian University, as well as the director of research at ACU's Cultural Research Center, has been one of the pioneers in the field engaging in such research for more than 25 years. Based on his past worldview studies, Barna noted that the results of the current study continue the pattern he has seen developing. A quarter century ago, that's in 1995, we had as much as 12% of the adult population holding a biblical worldview, he explained. Not exactly knocking home runs out of the park with that either, I would say. But he continued, since that time, we have seen a steady reduction in the, in the incidence. The current level, just 6%, which is literally half of the level when we started measuring this, is the lowest yet. So when I was growing up, 12 out of 100 Americans... American adults had a biblical worldview. Now it's six, 25 years later in 2020. And then the study says Arizona Christian University is dedicated to helping students develop a biblical worldview, teaching every class from a biblical worldview perspective. Barnett explained that the university is committed to graduating future leaders who have the ability to improve the worldview landscape of America by bringing a consistent biblical perspective into their profession, church, family, and relationships. In the American Worldview Inventory, we measure not just beliefs, but also the application of those beliefs, our behavior, because people do what they believe. This is something I read earlier. as a result, our worldview research always balances examining both what we believe to be true and how we translate such beliefs into action. That's why we refer to someone with a biblical worldview as an integrated disciple. They have blended their intellectual acceptance of biblical principles into their physical application of those perspectives. In other words, they are integrated disciples of Jesus Christ because they have translated their ability to think like Jesus into ways of living like him as well. A person's worldview... Well, I guess I would describe that as how James put it, faith without works is dead. So they want you... you know, the whole purpose of this is to teach people to think biblically and then... Translate those thoughts into actions and how they live. A person's worldview is important because it shapes how they make sense of and participate in the world around them. A worldview is the intellectual, the moral, the emotional, and the spiritual filter through which a person sees and responds to the world. 
It is like the operating system of a computer. Your worldview is the accumulation of your most important beliefs and it informs every part of a person's life, from values, morals, and goals, to relationships, emotions, finances, and ideology. Because your worldview affects every decision you make, worldview also affects every area of influence in American culture, such as education, family, religion, and faith, government, and politics, arts and entertainment, news and information, media, business, and commerce. The biblical worldview is based on truth claims and principles from the Bible informing a person's beliefs and actions. America was founded on biblical worldview principles, and that worldview prevailed in the U.S. into the 20th century. Since the 1990s, however, the predominant worldview in America has been postmodernism, which is a secular worldview that opposes biblical truths. According to Barna, the shift away from the biblical worldview to secular worldviews, postmodernism, Marxism, secular humanism, and modern mysticism in particular, is most clearly reflected in our values. Citing research he had conducted with historian David Barton, Commonly held values in colonial America included civic duty, hard work, humility, faith, family, moderation, and the rule of law. The prevailing values in America today are much different. Today's prevailing values in America are not civic duty, hard work, humility, faith, family, moderation, and rule of law. Today's prevailing values in America are acceptance, Comfort, control, entertainment, entitlement, experiences, expression, freedom, and happiness. This shift in values has facilitated a changing moral landscape. The survey results indicate that there is ample room for growth in biblical worldview incidents. You don't say. <laughs> the breadth of research conducted over the years by Barna regarding biblical worldview development suggests that, or excuse me, regarding worldview development suggests that people begin developing their worldview very early in life and continued to refine and integrate their worldview through their 20s. While there are many influences that affect the worldview people embrace, dominant influences are family, media messages, public policy. So I want to pause right there. These, these are the things that influence people's worldview the most. Okay, so family, number one. Media messages, number two. Public policy, number three. So for those of you who say, well, Christians shouldn't be involved in government, and Christians are too involved in politics, and I'm just surprised that somebody who... I remember one time I was trading in some books that I had, okay? And some of them were conservative... Uh, were con political conservative books that I had read several times, and I wanted to trade in for, you know, to get money for. And because and, I had read them several times and I just, I wanted to pass them on for others to read. And so the person who was going through the books uh, said, thought you said you were a Christian. Uh, well, yeah. Well, I'm just surprised that somebody who's a Christian, because I go to church, and I'm just surprised that somebody who is a professing Christian would be so involved in politics, because Christians aren't supposed to be involved in politics. And this person was serious. Okay? And how, how many of you have go to churches where, number one, you never hear discussions of politics from behind the pulpit? You never hear messages about political issues? And number two... Um, even worse, if you ever, if your pastor ever does delve into something of a political nature or a cultural nature, they're on the wrong side of it. That's even worse. 
and I'm going to just leave that alone where it is before I get myself in some trouble here. But uh, maybe more on that later on. Let's put it that way because I want to get through the rest of this before I go off on that tangent and then we never get back on where we're supposed to be. So, um, the dominant influences to a person's worldview are family, media messages, public policy, schooling, and peer influence. I'm at 50 minutes already. I try to keep these in an hour, so we'll see if I can get through this. Experts concur that because a worldview develops over a long period of time and any intentional redirection of a person's worldview must be done strategically, growing the number of Americans who possess a biblical worldview is a long-term process that must include a variety of influence agents. So we're not going to... This didn't happen overnight, in other words, and we're not going to fix it overnight. This is a long-term deal that goes beyond just, well, if we win the next election, we must have a biblical worldview. No. Okay? Intentionally developing and carefully measuring worldview is not merely an academic exercise. As Dr. Tracy Munsell, Executive Director of the Cultural Research Center, pointed out, she said, Unless America experiences a steady increase in people reflecting a biblical worldview in their lives, America's future is more likely to resemble that of nations characterized by moral and behavioral chaos, warned Munsell, who is also an associate professor of political science at Arizona Christian University. Alternative perspectives such as, po as postmodern, Marxism, and secular humanism drive American thinking and lifestyles these days. We are a postmodern, a Marxist, and a secular humanist country now, according to this. What we experience in our nation today will not change until we replace the cause of the prevalent thinking and behavior. The cause is our worldview. Munsell pointed to survey data showing that Americans are consistently frustrated with the values, morals, and lifestyle choices that dominate American lives these days. American life these days. Because you do what you believe, the only way to alter the typical daily experience in America or to change the trajectory of our culture is to address the cause of the problem. That means we need to establish a full throttle effort to restore knowledge, acceptance, and application of biblical truth throughout our nation. Munsell continued, It took roughly half a century for America to lose its Christian moorings. This happened over at least 50 years, in other words. And it will take at least that long to restore them. There needs to be a sense of urgency about initiating that recovery immediately. This is why I'm taking the time to read this to you. Because this is so important. The longer we wait, the harder it will be to successfully reintroduce biblical truth to a doubting population. And the rest of this is about the Cultural Research Center and how they conducted the survey. But, okay. Let's see how I'm doing on time here. I got about about six minutes left. A lot of pastors, particularly of a conservative evangelical point of view, like to say, still like to say, that we are a Christian nation. One of the my favorite spiritual leaders likes to say that we are one nation under God and we always will be. There are more of us than there are of them. We are the silent majority. Well, I'm sorry, but based off of the research over, over two decades The results just don't say that. 
the results say something totally different. The results tell us that this is, while it was once a Christian nation, we are now a postmodern, a Marxist, and a secular humanist culture. And we are a postmodern, Marxist, and secular humanist culture that mostly professes to be Christian. We have just enough Jesus to cause us to be inoculated from having the real thing. We are Laodicea. We are Laodicea. That is where we are right now. So what do we do? Do we just lament and go, ho oh, hum, that's so terrible. The rapture will be happen soon and maybe a few less of us than we thought were going to be going uh, to heaven, you know, at the rapture. Um, so ho oh, hum, you know, come Lord Jesus because this world sucks and I don't want to be here anymore. Well, you know, we could do that. We could just surrender and say, well, it is what it is, right? Um, by the way, just so you don't get the wrong idea here, too. Six percent of 330 million Americans is still, let me see, it's like, I think that's like 19 million and 800,000. So that's still almost 20 million Americans. That's still a lot of people with a biblical worldview. It's still about 20 million Americans have a biblical worldview, okay? That's a, that's a large group of people. That's nothing to sneeze at. But compared to our entire population, it's so, so lacking. So what do we do? Again, that's what I started to say before I looked that up. Do we lament and go, ho-hum? No. With the last two and a half minutes of this podcast, I want to urge you not to look at this problem as insurmountable. Not to look at this problem as one giant thing that's too big for one person to solve. Okay, It was a minority most of the people who founded this country, most of the, most of the colonialists at the time of the Revolutionary War, I should say, did not want a revolution. They did not want to separate from Britain. They wanted to find a way to either they either wanted to submit or they wanted to, to they wanted to submit to the crown and tell the rabble rousers to shut up, or they wanted to find some way through peaceful means to accomplish. To find some kind of a compromise that they could live with. It was a very small group of people that accomplished what they did. But that's the way it always is. It was a very small group of people. It was 11 apostles after Jesus went back to heaven. And I mean there were other followers, but the, the inner circle was 11. And a very small group of people. When you look at the people that were in the upper room in Acts 2, received the Holy Spirit, very small group of people that changed the world. One person can do a lot. How? Read the story of Nehemiah and how the walls of Jerusalem were rebuilt. Everybody worked on their own section. Everybody did their part. Everybody had a small part to play. What do you do? You work on, you, you fight the battle in front of you. Do you have somebody in your life that you could share what a biblical worldview really looks like? Take them to the scriptures, show them what the truth is, counter what they have falsely believed and what they've been deceived with with biblical truth. Use 
whatever platform you have, as an individual, as a relative, as a spouse, on social media or whatever, to make an impact. And if everybody does that, we all accomplish big things. God bless.